Warning, this episode revolves around the COVID-19 pandemic. Soundbite Theater presents Isolation Thursday, March 3rd. I'm not a people person. I never have been, and I'm also not a journaler. Not really. So this is a bit new to me. Not not the being alone in a room, just the tracking of my thoughts. Should be interesting. I've never spent more than maybe two days fully alone, but I'm pretty sure I can take ten. But we'll see, I guess. My room is bare. I get the standard mini-fridge and microwave, of course, but... They're not any good when I didn't bring any perishables or ramen in with me. I guess the water bottle they brought with my lunch will have to fill the fridge for now. I doubt they'll give me enough food to save for leftovers, so the microwave will have to confront its uselessness without me. Other than those appliances, I've got an uncomfortable bed with the thinnest sheets known to man, a slate gray blanket, a thermometer to track my rising fever, and a bathroom. Hurrah! I'm sure if you're reading this back years, months, or days from now, you'll know that I have COVID-19. You know, that one virus that's going around nowadays. And I'm symptomatic. Like, so symptomatic. I'm sweating like a pig one minute and shivering like the squirrel from the Ice Age the next. Scrat, that's his name. I'm Scrat. And don't even get me started on my throat. When I yawn, it feels like I am taking a blazing hot knife to my esophagus. So I don't yawn anymore. And you know how satisfying it is to yawn? Can't. But I like being alone. At least I'm not getting anyone else sick this way, and I finally have some peace and quiet for my roommate, Samantha. She reassured me that she'd FaceTime me every day of my quarantine, but I have a feeling I'll reject most of her calls. Maybe I'll humor her this first time, but she's getting nada after that. I should probably do my work for the classes I'm missing. Ending this entry here, I guess. Friday, March 4th. Afternoon. This food sucks. The meat is radioactive. It doesn't taste like any meat I've ever had before. And this is supposed to just come from the dining halls. I bet they have special poisoned foods for the fools that contract COVID. We deserve it, right? The fever and the headaches and cough aren't enough punishment. No, no, I get it. I should have triple masked. It's fine. It's fine. My own damn fault. (laughs) Anyway, today's been fine. I did end up FaceTiming Samantha last night. She was so chipper and positive and told me that everything was going to be fine. Thanks, Samantha. I know. I know I'm not going to die from this. I'm 19 and healthy, for Christ's sake. And, and besides, death doesn't constitute the only bad thing that could happen during this isolation. I mean, I'm already pretty miserable. I think that's reason enough to complain. My fever is 102 degrees today. How insane is that? I'm like Jacob from Twilight, 
except I think his is like 109. So I'm not quite there, but I'm feeling super shaky and I don't think he can relate in that regard. So I've at least got him beat on that front. I know I said today's been fine, but in all honesty, I've been in bed since I woke up. I haven't taken a shower. I, I mean, it's not like I have to be clean for society for the time being, but I do feel icky. I just can't find the motivation to shower, let alone do any work. I think I'm just gonna nap. Maybe I'll take a cold shower to fight my fever later. Friday, March 4th. Night. Dinner was not any better than lunch. I'm going to starve in here at this rate, eating the poorly cooked vegetables they pass as sides for the inedible entree. I did take a shower after my nap. Though the nap was much longer than I'd planned, and now I can't fall asleep. I'm just staring out the open window, trying to use the breeze to cool off. The building across the street from me is interesting. There's a succulent in one of the windows, but it's dying. Its owner needs to be more attentive. If I could get out of this stupid room, maybe I could water it. Or maybe it just needs to be facing the sun. Considering my window faces south, that poor little plant gets little to no sunlight. I wish people knew more about plants' needs before getting one themselves. Whatever. Samantha asked to FaceTime again tonight. She said she had some drama going on in her life. I told her I was too feverish, which is sort of true. Just don't want her thinking she can rely on me for emotional support. Just because we live together doesn't mean we have to be best friends. I have my people, she has hers. My friends haven't been super pushy, which is nice. It's good. Peter and Sonia have texted a few times since I got locked up. That one huge group chat I keep on mute has really been off the charts. It's nice to know I could chime in if I wanted to. I'm not sure people would really acknowledge my text though. No, they would, I think. Saturday, March 5th. I got a glimpse of the succulent's owner. Just some woman in a pantsuit. I watched her sit at her desk for a few hours, probably just answering emails, going over spreadsheets. She didn't look outside her window once. How can people do that? I'm constantly looking outside, waiting to get out, and it's only my third day in here. I have an entire week left. It's not that I want to be around people, Really, though, if I'm being honest, I do miss Sonia a lot. I just can't stand not being able to choose whether I endure society or not. In reality, I probably wouldn't want to go outside anyway, considering how shit I feel. I took a break from my perch on the window around 4am to check my temp. 103.5. The last time I had a fever that high, I was 8 years old, and it resulted in some insane hallucinations. I remember grabbing onto my dad, saying there were people pushing me around in a crowd and I couldn't keep up with them, all while I was just lying on the couch in our living room. Part of me hopes I hallucinate again. It would at least be some source of entertainment in this barren wasteland of a dorm room. I'm not even sure what time it is. I don't know when I get lunch. I don't know if I sat through lunch and now waiting for dinner. I'm living meal to meal, and the meals aren't even that good. Okay, I just checked the peephole to see if I'd gotten lunch yet, and I couldn't see anything. I guess the hallway lights were off. I didn't think they did that. Maybe the power's going off. But 
The lamp in my room still works, so I'm not sure what's going on. I'm 104 now. I can't stop checking it. It's just freaking me out knowing how bad my fever is getting. But I'd rather know every degree increase than be surprised by a sudden jump. I mean, how much higher can it get? It has to break soon. If I stop taking Tylenol, maybe that'll get it to the point. I didn't get any sleep last night, so I'm drained and without lunch. Guess I'm taking a nap for lunch. Saturday. Or Sunday? March 5th? 6th? Not sure. Oh god. The strangest thing just happened, and I wasn't dreaming. I know I wasn't because I felt myself wake up, and nothing about my surroundings changed after this happened. I can't even remember what I was dreaming about before I woke up, but I woke up, sweating, of course, and there was this man standing over me. He didn't look menacing, but he didn't look friendly either. He was wearing normal clothes, but he was tall, like like inhumanly tall, and I guess I was lying down, so maybe my perspective was off, but he seemed super tall, okay? And I screamed, you know, as one does when a man is standing over their bed while they're in a supposedly locked isolation dorm, and he locked eyes with me. His eyes were white, with no pupil or iris, and I got bitterly cold as if someone had stabbed through me with an icicle. And then he disappeared. And I stayed awake, and I'm still cold. This entry has taken me 15 minutes to write because my hands are shaking so bad, and I don't want to keep my eyes on the page for too long in case he comes back. I mean, what? What could that possibly been? I wasn't asleep, I am sure of that, and I don't have a history of sleep paralysis or anything. Wait. Yeah, yeah, I still have an insanely high fever, 105. You would think that if I'm so cold, my temp might have gone down with me, but at least maybe I know he could have been a hallucination. Either way, sleep is no longer an option, though it's clearly dark outside. I can't trust my subconscious, nor my conscious. I'm gonna try and get some work done. I'll keep my back to the corner my bed is pushed up against, just so I can see the entire room. Tuesday, March 8th. Morning. Sorry, I haven't been journaling. I'll, I'll try to recount everything that happened, or, or didn't happen. I'm, I'm still not sure. Maybe writing it down will help. I was sitting in the corner of my bed, like I said in my last entry. I had my laptop on my lap, like I normally do when I work on the bed, but it got hot really fast. It started burning, and when I took it off my legs, they were bright red. I thought, all right, laptop on the bed then, but my legs stayed red, and they kept burning with the rest of my body. It, it felt like my legs were the matches, and the rest of my body was the timber. It didn't feel like, it didn't feel like I was being burned more like I was already burning from the inside, but I could see fire as if it was around me. Shadows dancing on the walls, flames licking up the bedpost. It's sort of beautiful, but terrifying. I thought for a moment that the room was actually on fire, that somehow I'd caused it. But the vision stopped after a couple of minutes. The burning didn't. It lasted hours. I was barely able to move, but I tried lying on the floor and sticking my head in the fridge to cool down before taking up my spot by the window again. 
the pain made me forget about the man for a while, too, before I saw a man walk on the street below my window, and I had to turn my back to survey the room once more. I sat like that for a long time. The fire never really lessened. I just, I just grew numb to it, sort of like a third-degree burn. All my nerve endings had been burnt off, so I didn't feel anything anymore. The wind on my back was nice. I guess that cooled me off a little, too, but by this point, I wasn't getting any work done, and I still had loads to do for my classes. I was about to move from my perch on the windowsill when I heard screaming behind me, like right behind me, and I'm on the fifth floor, high enough up that no one should be there, so I turned and didn't see anything at first. Then I looked across the street and into the window with the succulent. The woman in the pantsuit was standing there, staring at me. Was she the one that let loose that scream? She was so far away, there was no way it was her. But then she picked up the plant by the leaves and screamed again. It was definitely her. Then, then she started talking in this raspy voice that I, I shouldn't have been able to hear from 50 feet away and through a closed window. She said that it was my fault that her plant was dead, that I was sucking the sun away from living things. Not all living things, just living things, which seems even more universal in a way. Then her jaw unhinged like a stapler when you're reloading it, and she dropped the plant down her throat, pot and all, and she looked at me again. Her eyes were white like that man's, thick load in the dark of the night, the early morning, when she opened her window and started crawling out of it on all fours, sticking to the side, Dracula style. After situating herself on the side of the building, she leapt across the gap between us. Suddenly what had felt like a chasm looked like a pitiful gap between ceiling tiles. I saw her getting closer and felt her crash through the screen before toppling me over onto the ground, flames still whipping around inside me. But I guess my eyes had closed in the collision because when I opened them, she was gone. I scrambled to my feet and looked out the window, the screen of which was magically still intact, and saw the potted plant sitting in the window across the street. Then I saw that the sun was already starting to rise again. How much time had passed? When did this all start? Had it been minutes? Hours? And most importantly... Anything that happened really happened. My body felt normal again, too. I realized soon after watching the sun break fully over the horizon. The dull burning had disappeared during that whole interaction, thank God, but now I was tired, dog-tired, and I was afraid of sleep, afraid of what would happen in my sleep. Though I suppose my waking hours weren't much better. I'm not quite sure if I did fall asleep, honestly. I know that this morning I woke up and I've been journaling ever since. But was I asleep when that man with the wide eyes was watching me through the window? Was I asleep when I watched him get burnt to a crisp by the fire that had previously consumed my body? Was I asleep when that potted plant grew and encased the building in vines covered in thorns, thorns tipped with bright red poison? Was I asleep when I received a call from Peter and Sonia when they told me to stay in quarantine because it was better for me, better for them? Were those dreams? They felt real. 
The only thing I know was real was my fever breaking. Because this morning, I'm back to 98.2, which you know is standard. But the line between what was dream, real, or hallucination? I can't draw one. At least not right now. And normally, I'd want a rest to clear my mind, but I'm afraid of closing my eyes. Tuesday, March 8th. Evening. Okay, update. Listening to music has helped, I think. I've gotten some serious work done. Not quite caught up in all the classes from the past few days, but getting there. I've even drunk some water. I wanted to text Peter and Sonya to check on them and make sure that my hallucination about their call wasn't real, but I can't find my phone anywhere. I've torn apart my room looking for it, and this isn't a very large room. I'm mystified and a little nervous. What if I chucked it out the window during one of my episodes? Most of the past two days is lost on me, so I can't be sure of what my own actions were. Or worse, was it taken? Was one of the characters in my dream real? Has someone or something actually stepped foot in my room? If so, how? And how can I differentiate between dream and reality? And how do I get my goddamn phone back? Friday, March 11th. Morning. Okay. I found my phone. It was under the pillow when I woke up this morning. Something spooky is definitely going on here. It says it's March 11th already, but there is no way that that much time has passed. I'm almost 100% sure it's only Wednesday, which would be the 9th, but I have to assume my phone isn't lying. And, and time has felt awfully arbitrary recently anyway, what with all the sleepless nights and dream-filled days. But I haven't had any hallucinations since what I thought was Monday. Perhaps they ended on Wednesday, though, considering today apparently isn't Wednesday. Also, my phone has no notifications. Zero. Not one person has tried to reach out to me for the past, what, five, di five days? Six days? I suppose part of that assessment includes the fact that I did not receive a call from Peter and Sonia in which they told me to stay in isolation. Which is good. They don't seem too keen on me getting out either, do they? Maybe I deleted their texts in a frenzy. I have no clue what I've been doing, honestly. I thought I saw writing on the walls earlier. No, literally. It was just the word stay drawn over and over in red paint, but it looked like my handwriting. I could only see it for a few moments and then it disappeared. But it still really spooked me. Honestly, have I been sleepwalking? <laughs> Am I like phasing, shifting between realities? Is that white-eyed man in one of them waiting for me? No, 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 I can't, I can't think like that. I had a high fever, and I was hallucinating. I am sure the hallucination from today is just an after-effect of the fever. Or something. I have calculus to do. Numbers and formulas should clear my head. They usually do. I'm sending a text to Peter and Sonya first, though. Even if they don't care if I die in here or not, I feel like I should let them know that I haven't. Friday, March 11th. Evening. Still no response from Peter and Sonya. Can't say I'm surprised. And to top that, I've been hearing knocking at my door every few minutes. The 
first two times I looked out the window, I couldn't see anything. Third time I looked, there was a swarm of people rushing by my door down the hallway, leaving the door rattling in the way. And the fourth time, just black again. I'm scared to open the door. I'm not sure I can guess what's really on the other side. I'm not sure I want to. Also not sure how I'm going to sleep tonight. Saturday, March 12th, afternoon. I only have to make it through one more day. Honestly, what am I going to do once I'm released? It feels like I have nothing to come back to. Peter and Sonya still haven't responded. Even Samantha stops trying to reach out. I think I might have even been removed from the group chat because I've stopped receiving texts from them altogether. Granted, I just noticed that today, so how upset can I really be? But I've been preoccupied. Last night I saw the wide-eyed man again. I woke up, and there he was, peeking in through the window. But this time, he was bold enough to crawl through the screen and into the room. He didn't do anything. He just stood there. He didn't even stare at me continuously, just for moments at a time. It felt like I couldn't breathe. And it wasn't because of the little virus in my body. I felt cold again, like I did the first time he was standing over my bed. So cold, I was frozen. I couldn't move a limb. But when he started to reach down to me, I screamed. He looked really angry for a second, like he was upset that I was scared of him. Or that I was bringing attention to him. But then he disappeared again. I can't let him catch me sitting next time. Tuesday, March 15th, night. Well, I'm in the hospital. And everyone here thinks I'm crazy. Figures. Sonia and Peter even showed up. How they figured out I was here is a mystery to me. I tried to confront them about their lack of communication while I was in quarantine. They seemed baffled. They claim they had been contacting me the whole time and that I had been responding. They even showed me the texts. And, and while me responding to them didn't sound like me at all, the texts were indeed coming from my phone. But I can't find them anywhere in my own messages. If I tried to tell them that I thought it was the wide-eyed man, they'd never believe me. But he's the reason I'm in the hospital. I said he'd never catch me sinning again, right? Well, he didn't. He showed up last night. Or I'm not sure when it was. I do know that I was walking out of the bathroom and he was standing in the middle of my room, going through my shit. Hey, I said, what the hell is your problem? He didn't respond, naturally. But he turned at the sound of my voice and his eyes seemed a brighter shade of white than before. Uh-oh. He cracked his neck while maintaining eye contact before taking a step towards me. I was standing next to my microwave mini-fridge combo, which I'm pretty sure is welded together in some way, and I guess fear or adrenaline took over because I wrenched the microwave off the mini-fridge and used it as a battering ram. I 
put my head down and ran. I ran, ran, and ran some more. I ran into the wide-eyed man and pushed him all the way out the window with me following. I ran myself right out the window. I thought, oh great, at least this guy will break my fall. But when I landed, it was on cold, hard cement with a microwave next to me. I heard a crack. No, scratch that. I heard multiple cracks, and suddenly I was burning all over again. There was no man next to me on the ground, and when I looked up at the window, I'd just fallen from the size. The hole was not nearly large enough to accommodate the man's height, but I pushed him out the window. I mean, I suppose I could have missed. Either way, I couldn't see a body, so there was no telling where the man went. Also, no telling how late it was already. I thought there was no way I'd get found in time, and there was certainly no chance at my finding help on my own. I couldn't even stand up, let alone run for my life. As I was staring up at the fifth floor window, I saw flashing lights and turned to see the campus safety van approaching me. I tried to lift my arm to wave to them, but ended up gasping at the pain the slight movement brought. When the girl driving the van hopped out, I was sure the wide-eyed man would pop out of the bushes and hijack the car. But he didn't. The girl called the campus police, who escorted me to the hospital I'm in now. I haven't seen the wide-eyed man since. I'm not sure if he's still in my isolation room, but the RHD was able to get my items out safely, somehow. Though I overheard her saying it looked like a tornado had gone through it, and it stank like a boy's locker room. I guess I did go a few days without showering. I also caught a comment about wall damage and red paint. What I understand the least, though, is how it's Tuesday already. The dating in this journal must be wildly off-kilter. I also don't understand the questions these RAs are asking me. They're asking why I never answered the door when they were knocking, why I barricaded it so they couldn't get in, why the trash I left outside my door every other day there was just the food I let rot. I don't remember doing any of these things. I never opened the door, but I didn't barricade it, and I certainly never opened it to simply put the trash out, and food doesn't rot that fast. Everyone's also questioning my motives for jumping out the window with a microwave. Suppose that one's going to be harder to explain, especially considering I did it after my quarantine ended, which of course I was also unaware of. How did my 10 day mark evade me? How have I lost so much time? How did I lose so much consciousness? And where the hell is the wide eyed man? Thank you for listening to this episode of Soundbite. Isolation was written by Natalie Murray. It was performed by Vivian Romano. Soundbite's theme song was composed by Charlotte Rosenthal. Soundbite is produced by Mythonomica Productions. See you again soon!